Hello, uh, welcome to Bundle Buddies. Hi, I'm Alex Honnett, and my name is Eric Taylor Roth. And uh, we're so excited to bring this first episode of our podcast to you. Um, yeah, we recorded it a little while ago, so it's been some time since we actually recorded it. Um, but uh, I think I was very excited about it when we did record this, and I remain very excited about this project. We've already played some of the games, and they are... Oof, there's a big there's a big old range yeah there I, I you know they're all over the place as uh, is the incredible thing about this uh project and about the bundle itself there's a lot of good a lot of bad and uh, a lot of and just going through it all fucking rules to be totally honest yeah it's great this has been super fun um so uh, before we head into the first episode, a couple things you should know. Um, every episode, uh, in honor of the, the spirit through which this bundle was created, uh, you'll hear all about the bundle in a second in the actual app. Um, we are going to be donating to a specific cause, uh, either chosen by the, our guests or ourselves, uh, that deserves some of our attention. Um, and this first one is uh, to a very important cause that uh, you know has mobilized and... Um, invigorated so many people around uh, the country and around the world that is uh, black lives matter um mm -hmm. so blacklivesmatter.com uh, eric and i are going to donate 10 bucks each to them and we encourage you to do the same um you can send an email with proof of your donation to us at bundle buddies podcast at gmail.com uh bundle buddies podcast gmail.com and we will give you a shout out the next episode yeah, uh, organization is super rad, uh, super stoked to contribute to them and all the incredible work that they have been doing. And will continue to do. They're amazing. They they yeah. are the, the, the reason that this political moment has so much resonance is due in very large part to all of the work they've been doing since they uh, came to, to into being and all of the people who work so hard there. Um, so thank you for educating my fucking ignorant ass as much as you possibly as much as you possibly can um and i continue to i'm excited to continue to learn and to, to grow and to volunteer for you guys yeah okay let's take it away here's the podcast hello everybody welcome to the bundle buddies i am eric t Roth, and Talking right now over there is Alex Honnett. Say what's up, Alex. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Alex. Um, Bundle Bunnies, the only podcast uh, where two friends and occasional guests play through the entire itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. Alex, why don't you why don't you start this off? Um, yeah. Why don't you tell everybody what the itch.io bundle Itch is? I don't I don't know how to say it actually I haven't so uh, basically given the massive uh, movement uh, for black lives that we've seen uh, over this incredibly tumultuous few months that we've been in quarantine um, the folks at itch.io which is an indie game marketplace where I think like basically sort of smaller time and in indie game folks just can upload their games or whatever they're working on or really whatever it is directly um, and sell it on this marketplace. Uh, the H.io team put together a bundle for racial justice and equality, um, which sort of steamrolled. They, they, they were had uh, pretty ambitious goals, but they wound up with 
1,741 items from 840 plus creators, um, which is the estimated value of the bundle was over $5,700. And you could have it for like whatever you wanted, pretty much anywhere between like five and like whatever you wanted to name as uh, the price you're going to pay. They ended up raising like $8.1 million. That's incredible. That's a um, a wild amount of money. It's so much money um, off of uh, 814,000 contributors. Um, And all the proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund and the Community Bail Fund that was split 50-50 there. So, I mean, like, what an incredible cause for for them to do this. Um, And it wound up with 447 physical games with printable assets, so stuff that you could print and then play. 92 actual assets for games so like stuff you could use to build games like hex designs or sounds um or like guidelines for like currency and rpgs or something like that 20 actual books cool. 20 soundtracks 20 tools 11 comics and 11 11 things that were listed as other and then the meat of it which was 1365 games um so uh it's fucking insane there are <laughs> there's so many games um, um, and so I guess the podcast, the idea behind this podcast is that we are hoping to play all 1,365 of those games, uh, week, yes. week we're by gonna week. Do, we're going to do the we'll entire tackle, thing week by week. We're going to tackle the uh, game every week, uh, and with a new guest and, um, it should take us about 26 years to play every yeah, it's single one. 26 years, but we can't communicate how serious we are about this and how this is really going to happen. We're going to take 20, the next 26 years of our life, every week we're going to play a game from this uh, bundle. That's the deal. Uh, We've agreed to so it. You, were one of, you, are, you are one of those people who downloaded this bundle. I am. I, yes. I You know, this is like essentially my dream when it comes to um, – video games it's just like i uh get as excited thinking about playing games and with the possibility of like having a large variety of games as i actually do with playing the games myself a lot of times so that sort of sustained like uh chunk of just like there's so much out there that i can explore there's so much stuff and um the idea of like just like people making these things, not even like a big development company or something like that. Just like one person sat down and like made this strange little game. And now uh, I get to play it. Um, it's really exciting, but, but you know, who knows, like how, how are you going to know like what's actually worth your time or, or if you want to spend money on it or anything like that. And this just takes that out of the question entirely. It's just there for you. You know what I mean? It's like the equivalent yeah. of like coming home and get this huge binder of games that you can play and just leave through and do whatever you want. So here's this this kind of thing where uh, the like critic part of me wonders like what happens if we encounter a game that is truly bad like knowing that this is probably just like one person or like a handful of people who are kind of getting together to you know work on something that like I've never made a game in my entire life and I probably never will um but I love them and I love playing them like do you think we will rip somebody to shreds? Like, will we just absolutely lay into some poor indie game developer because they made a, like, it's certainly possible. 
You know what like, I mean? Like I'm not I'm not uh, counting anything out at this point. Okay. All right. I gloves will come off if a game is bad. We will call the game bad, and we will. Um, but that's the question: is like what is ba- what is bad? What does bad mean to you? I think the, a lot of uh, a really good thing about this podcast is we can kind of suss it out. You know what I mean? Like, have sure. you has your brain been so warped by large corporations and what they want you to think of as video games that you don't have room in your heart for something that might be a little rough around the edges and quote unquote bad, <laughs> but is a truer <laughs> representation of this person in auteur's vision than you know fucking NBA Two K, which is a game I know you love to play. Uh, I like, yeah, no, I do enjoy NBA 2K, uh, but I also enjoy <laughs> a good indie game. Um, I think that, and I think actually I have a lower kind of um, bar for what is good when I'm playing an indie game, maybe similar to watching an indie movie, right? Where you're like, right. okay, well, there's not, the lighting is a little weird. Uh, sometimes the kind of hiccups and ticks and uh, things that are not perfect about a game will actually make it a little bit more sweeter. There's that like David Byrne line about how he doesn't like listening to people with good voices sing because he can't trust them. Uh, And so I think that sometimes (laughs) indie games will have that, right? Where you know that you're not playing The Witcher 3, another game that I love to play. Uh, But that there's something... Um, there are some risks that those game developers get to take because they're not uh, beholden to sort of a big um, conglomerate or a big corporation or something like that. So I am very excited and I do enjoy a good game, but also I hate a bad game. <laughs> Maybe that's not true. Well, Maybe I, don't I think actually... it's, it's going to be interesting, man, because there there are games in here that I think you could say are bad games. There are games that are boring games. There are games that are experiments. There are games that people like are learning how to design games have uploaded. Um, yeah. You know, I think everyone just wanted to be part of a great cause. And so they did it. Uh, there's also like different kinds of games that I wouldn't normally sort of play, which I'm really excited about. But okay, I think through this process, uh, we'll discover a lot more about what we like and what a good game is and what a bad game is. And, you know, can you really say any of these games are very bad, given the scale at which some of them are made? And also, just to say, there are some games in this bundle that are, like, very good games. Like, games that I would put up against, like, anything, you know, that a larger uh, entity would create or something like that. Um, there, are, there are a few that sort of, like, drove this thing um, that were like, whoa, this game, you can get this game for, like, five bucks as well as, uh, you know... <laughs> almost 2000 other games at the same time. That's insane. You know, like, like Celeste is on here, which is an incredibly good uh, platformer that came out on the switch, you know, a few years ago, um, a night in the woods, uh, a short hike. Um, the list goes on and on. And then, you know, there's also like one where you play a leaf on a tree and you're trying to figure out how to grow trees a little bit better. So it runs the gamut, man. You know, we're really in. Um, Okay. So let's talk a little bit about who we are. I feel like we've uh, sort of talked about the Itchio bundle a bit, but um, who are you, my friend? What is your history with gaming? Um, So I have been playing video games since I was 
a little kid, obviously. I, first system I had was a Super Nintendo, and then I got an N64. Um, and then I didn't have a gaming system pretty much my entire co- like college years or really high school. I didn't have anything. And then when I graduated, I was working for a couple of years, and uh, I played Skyrim at my friend's house and then went home. Next day, I got up and bought a widescreen TV, a PS3, and bought Skyrim, and then called in sick to work for like four days in a row. Um, so that's like – that was my reintroduction to the gaming world um, was just sort of like this one all-encompassing, incredibly cool uh, step forward for games, you know, Um yeah. But ever since then, I've been gaming pretty regularly. I have a, a Switch and a PS4, and uh, I like them both very, very much. Nice. What about you, Eric? What are What are you? What's your history with gaming? Um, so I remember the first time I had a babysitter when I was, I don't know how old I was. Maybe I was six or I must have been a little bit younger than that. And she came over. And she brought over the original Nintendo NES system. And I remember how cool that was. I got to play Mario, that original Mario. Um, And it like blew my mind. And this babysitter came over like a month later to babysit us. And she didn't bring her NES with her. And I cried the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) She was there because she didn't bring it. She never came over and babysat us again. Um, But I had a friend, uh, Camille Altai, not my wife, Camille, not my wonderful wife, Camille. I had another friend uh, named Camille. Um, And she had an NES and she actually gave me her NES uh, when she got a Sega for her birthday. So it was like maybe one of the coolest gifts uh, a child could get from another friend, which is their hand me down. That's unbelievable. Uh, Yeah. So I had had that original NES um, and loved it. We would go to Blockbuster every week and we could we were allowed to rent one game um i think funko land was still a big place where we would go and buy games so i got i had that original nes um and then at some point i got a sega uh big sonic the hedgehog boy i never got a super nintendo um you were a fucking 90s 90s brat right there you bought into the sega hype i put my hat backwards and i played my green day cd (laughs) just blasted that comics zone game (laughs) and shining force um i also had a game gear like oh wow legit legit that thing ate through batteries like nothing else i know it's Um, it's an incredible system there were so many cool games on there but it was it needed like eight batteries right eight eight double eight or something like that or was it six yeah. Something insane. It was a lot. It was so heavy. <laughs> it was like a brick. Um, yeah. Uh, but I loved it. I loved Sega. I liked the. Um, I did like the attitude of Sega. I know you're you're giving me shit about it, but I think it's. Um, it was like very much a marketing campaign, but it had this kind of like snottiness to it, and yeah. I think a lot of those early mm-hmm. video games. Um, that were marketed towards us had that kind of like oh you could be like cool or weird or freaky in this like yeah video game yeah it sort of allowed um 
you know, I was kind of a quiet kid who was very attracted to these, like, you know, these ideas of being kind of loud and bratty. And so it, it allowed me to kind of be in that place where I was like, Oh yeah, I'm being like naughty or whatever by sitting in front of this <laughs> television screen. Um, I love it. And then I got a, um, a PS one, uh, you know, in 99 or something like that. Um, and played a lot of crash bandicoot and on PS one, I played uh, final fantasy seven for the first time, which is maybe one of the first games that like blew my mind. Whereas other games before right. I had found, uh, fun and enjoyable. And obviously they all kind of, you know, sort of shaped me in a lot of ways. Final fantasy seven was a game that just like, like cracked my brain, wide yeah. open it's like a piece of an, an incredible piece of storytelling from your childhood not just oh, sort yeah. of like a cool bat not not just something to like sit, like do while you sip surge and like piss off your parents this is like you know <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. like true like, I, I i played ff7 with my cousins and like i remember spoiler alert when when um Aerith dies just like we've freaked out you know we like all got we're like what we got up and like ran around the house we couldn't believe it well it was also an interesting thing because like you were able to level that character up too and so it was like wait right what, what happened to this like i was leveling this character up and now she's dead <laughs> what yeah i was grinding um, for so long with this person <laughs> she had her like she was level 99 um i i so after that, and then I got a PS2, and then I think when I went to college, um, I sort of slowed down my gaming, uh, but my roommate did have a GameCube, so we would play uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee, um, which I was a big fan of. And then after college, uh, I kind of like stayed away from gaming for a little bit, and eventually I got uh, that original Xbox... Um, or maybe it was an, yeah, uh, Xbox 360. Uh, and it was already kind of like on its way out, but then I got Skyrim for it. I think there's like something really nice about not being, um, completely current with like console games, especially because if you wait three years, you have exactly the same experience with those games and they are right like 75 percent cheaper so like being able yep. to play skyrim you know three years later it was like oh it was a 20 dollar game <laughs> and, mm. um yeah and now I've, I've sort of stuck with uh i'm kind of i feel priced into xbox so i have a xbox one now um and uh i feel really bummed that there's some playstation stuff that i can't play. for it I think it's funny that neither of us are PC gamers, and I I always yeah feel, I was just gonna say yeah I feel very like um, uh, intimidated by PC gamers like game, like people that are like that's a level of gaming that I don't I haven't fully committed to yet despite the fact that like especially during quarantine uh, yeah. I play a lot of games I spend a lot of yeah. my time mental energy playing games um 
it's, it's part it's of the so reason funny. That... This is the first time I thought of uh, buying a PC or like building my own PC sort of a thing. And thankfully, oh, yeah. it was like I uh, my my fiance was not crazy about that idea, and she was very lucky when I went to go <laughs> buy the parts to assemble it. A lot of the things were out of stock or more expensive because you know a bunch of other fucking idiots like us had the same exact thought during this process. You know that this would be yeah. a great time to build a gaming PC. But I simply can't justify it at this moment in my life when I'm about to get married and looking to move houses and just all this shit going on, like to spend between $700 and $1,200 on a fucking gaming PC. Yeah. It sounds like a dream, but I can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> um, I think one of the reasons that I was that I'm interested in this um, in this podcast is games have kind of revealed themselves especially in the past like three months to be um very much my like main source of like social interaction with people uh and like the main way that i'm hanging out with my friends is through video games um Mm -hmm. and i think that like I've known that in the past that I really enjoy games, but this has been the first time where I've been like, oh, actually games are like so vital to my sort of day-to-day life. And uh, they've become, you know, not just a hobby, but like an actual social tool in a way that uh, that has not really been the case you know, maybe as a kid, as a child, I would play video games with my friends all the time, right? And that's how my friends and I used to hang out. And so it's probably been 20 years since that's been the case. But now it's like, if I'm going to hang out with a friend, it's usually, you know, in the game sphere. <laughs> like, it's usually yeah, on Xbox right. Live. Well, that's the, the biggest thing, I think, is is the it's an incredible thing for the moment. The technology has uh, is at this level now where you could just live on Discord and be playing games with everyone all day, all freaking day. You know what I mean? It's, it's oh, an yeah. incredibly fun yeah. way to, to pass the time to do things. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally with you. It really does. It really, really does. And you're doing something, you know, like you're you're fighting people together. You're doing all sorts of various things. Well, before we move along into the actual, the, the, the final portion of this, I just wanted to go over, if you have a thought about some of your favorite games over the years that you played, um, you know, maybe like a top uh, three or five or even 10, and then also what you're playing right now, you know, while you're in quarantine. Um, okay. Favorite of all time. Definitely Final Fantasy VII. That's probably on the top, right. which I know is like, like congratulations, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> you and what every a good millennial you are. Else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations, oh, you carry wow. something in an urban city, right? <laughs> um, I, you know, I gotta give it up for Super Mario Bros. Three, which I think, um, oh, God, was <laughs> was one of those like just like the first time the ability to send a sort of scroll through a menu because up until that point video games had been or the games that i had played had been very linear right where it's like level one level two level three level four and then like 
it was Mario Bros. Three where that that map and your ability to sort of move through the map the overworld, added, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, that a different um, element to the game, which I thought was very exciting and cool and new. Um, which I think then when they did the NES version was it uh, with Super Mario Bros. World, right? Where it was like that super map. Um, oh yeah. I have to give it up for Crash Bandicoot, uh, just a delightful platformer. Um, Skyrim, mm. of course, an all-time favorite game. Uh, right. And Magic the Gathering, another one that's also going to go with what <laughs> I'm playing these days. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I, I think, you know, like, I also really do enjoy board games a lot. Um, so, like, I was a big fan of monopoly as a kid and i really like risk as a kid um i also have a group of friends that like get together every year and we just try to we buy like 12 new board games and we just play them over the course of a weekend um let's see what else what are what's another all-time favorite i think i mean yeah i'm sure there's going to be one that comes to me but those are like those are the big ones right those there. are the big ones yeah Oh, and of course, Grand Theft Auto. How could you? How could we not? Uh, you know, give a shout out to GTA Three and all of the uh, you know horrific and delightful iterations of it since then. How about you? you? See, those What's games the... like pretty much uniformly. I, I completely miss the GTA games. Are always games that like my friends would have, and so I'd go over to their house and play those games, but I'd never owned one myself, and I don't think I ever will. They just, I look at that and I'm like, I, I see what this is and I understand, and I would just sink so much fucking time to this thing. I don't need <laughs> to, I just don't need to do it. I just don't. Yeah, it really, um, it, yeah, go for it. What's so a, on my end, the, the the Super Nintendo games that like really, really spoke to me um, were Chrono Trigger, which is, I think, my favorite game of all time. Um, an incredibly compact uh, JRPG from that console era. It's so good. I first time I beat it when I was ten, I cried. I played it like through probably like twelve times, you know, at various points in my life. Um, I really love that game. It's just a, a lovely little piece of storytelling and super fun. Uh, really great characters and great writing, and the pixel art is, is is wonderful. My only complaint is that it's not big enough, which is like not fair. <laughs> um, That's one I've heard that game mentioned so many times as people's favorite games, and I've never played it. And uh, I think I need to figure um, out a way to do that. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those ones. If if we figured out a way to play it together, like on Twitch or something like that, or or over Discord, I would totally do that, man. That game is just like it it's it's good for the soul. It's a really lovely game. Um, the other one uh, that I really loved is it should be no surprise to everyone from that generation, but uh, Final Fantasy three or Final Fantasy six uh, in Japan, which is the Super Nintendo one that I think blew a lot of people's minds. Um, it's sort of a bigger, more sprawling game than Chrono Trigger is. The storytelling is a lot less tight, and um, it holds your hands a lot, a lot less. Um, but it's equally... The, the, I used to... Before I could own that game, I used to download fan fiction about that game and, and read it, you know? <laughs> like, 
would print out like 26 pages from the internet and then spend like the next like four days just reading this fan fiction and laughing at jokes that I didn't understand. Uh, but I could tell them. Um, then I finally got it and it did disappoint. It's a really great game also. Um, probably just, it's a little bit less sharp than Chrono Trigger, but it, it's, it's great. Um, then of course, uh, the civilization games, I've played all of them except for six. I just got five. Uh, I have a real problem with strategy games like that. XCOM is, is another one like that, but, um, I will start playing it at noon and, and wake up or, you know, basically play it until three in the morning if I'm not careful. So I, I try to be yeah. careful about that. Um, and, uh, then Skyrim was the, was the really, really big one, um, in terms of, of what I'm playing now, uh, I'm playing Persona 5 on my PS4, uh, which I'm liking a lot. It's uh, a JRPG um, slash kind of like life sim sort of thing, which is, is very cool. Um, oh, uh, before, I mean, of course, Breath of the Wild, which is like, you know, I, that was the last game I got really, really into. Um, yeah, that game recently. was awesome. It's very, very cool. I mean, it, it's it's so deficient in one way, which is this sort of larger storytelling arc and the character building and, and all that sort of stuff, which I, I really love, but so, so, so overwhelmingly proficient in other ways that it really doesn't matter, you know, like, yeah, it's big. It's this big world that feels kind of empty. Um, and that's sort of the point of it, uh, which is, is very cool. Um, so I, I, I mean, strongly recommend that one. Um, I've been playing Final Fantasy X, which I don't think I like. So I think I might just stop playing it, even though I think okay. there was a whole uh, generation of Final Fantasy heads where that game was like the game. That's the one that they loved. Um, but so far, that one, I, I think is that the one with um, is that the one with Blitzball? Blizzball? It is, yeah. Or is Blitzball. That... Okay. Yeah. I remember stopping that one in the middle of it. I think because I had accidentally traded off one of my Blitzball players and I couldn't play Blitzball anymore. And I couldn't figure I out how to get even, a full team back together anymore. I don't even like playing Blitzball that much. I just played it and I, I fucking, I keep on trying to set up shots and then like fucking up. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I, so I lost this game for for like the guy, you know, who's like, I'm going to retire after this game. And I lost the first game and I was like, fuck this. This sucks. I can't figure this out. <laughs> I love so a, like, it. I love a big RPG in the, the Witcher. There's a card game and I spent, yeah, I got again. sick, you know, maybe like four or five months ago and spent all day just playing the card game inside of Witcher and collecting all the cards. <laughs> uh, so I love a big, like, I love a like small side game inside of a big game. Give me give me that any day of the week. <laughs> I will spend some time um, doing that. Hearthstone was a really um, big game for me too. A couple of years ago, I played a ton of Hearthstone, and uh, by that token, Overwatch as well. Those are two games I played a lot of. Um, and then oh, yeah. the other games that I'm playing right now uh, were from the itch.io bundle were a short hike, Signs of the Sojourner, and Far From Noise were three games that I really liked from there um a short hike is one that like is just a chef's kiss perfect little game you know when you talk about like the power of indie games and like sort of short storytelling and stuff like that like that's the one it's just so delightful you know it's such a good little game Ugh, I, I i lost my mind playing it a few weeks ago sick 
Um, um, I've been playing lately. I played uh, Outer Wilds recently, which I could not recommend uh, enough. It's a um, it's an action adventure game from last year, developed by Mobius Digital and published by uh, Annapurna Interactive. So, like Annapurna is the yeah indie film. That's so cool, right? A, yeah, a game arm. Um, this game is like you're this alien who is about to go up into outer space and um i don't want to give away too much but there's this sort of like older alien race that had um, kind of you know experimented throughout these like four or five different planets that are in your solar system uh, and they all went extinct and you kind of are going through planet to planet and finding out kind of why they went extinct. Um, But there's also a time loop that every 22 minutes uh, the sun explodes and you die and then you wake up and you're you're the only person who is conscious inside of this time loop and you're slowly figuring out why that is. And then um, you're trying to solve that, uh, solve that loop. And um, it's so cool. And the music is so beautiful and sad. It's kind of explosions in the sky inspired. Um, and yeah, the, cool. The so just like that beautiful it, big post rock. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, it's got this really, you know, just sort of like melancholy undertone to it because you're slowly uncovering um, this sort of, you know, an Icarus like society that was, you know, really just trying to, experiment and uh and don't say too much more this game sounds amazing i'm excited to play it it was on a ton (laughs) of like best of the year list and stuff like that so i i i'm sold on it i can't wait i know it's got like a twist ending too where you sort of like figure out you're like oh my god um i'm excited really it's truly it's truly beautiful um that game is really good i've also been playing deep rock galactic with my friends um it's a cooperative uh, FPS um, developed by Danish indie studio Ghost Ship Games and published by Coffee Stain Publishing. Um, it is it's super fun. You're a bunch of dwarves in outer space, uh, mining a r- rocks and minerals and fighting bugs. Um, and uh, it's I think it's just sort of become a game that my friends and I like it's sort of where we go after work every day right everyone will just sort of text each other and it's like <laughs> who wants to be a dwarf today um but i think i've 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 become very um i've grown a strong affinity to uh cooperative gameplay just because i can't actually see my friends in real life um and so it's a great way to just sort of run around as a bunch of dorks um and you really like it's cool because these mines are um they're randomly generated and the random generator does a really good job of kind of creating very unique looking spaces so that like you'll even the other day you know we've been playing this for probably like two months and uh we like sort of walked around through you know, a space that we were like, we've never really been in like this weird kind of stalag tidy, you know, little bridge kind of space before. So they, I, whatever their um, algorithms are, they do a really good job. And then um, you can kind of like, somebody's got zip lines, somebody's got platforms and you can kind of, you know, drill and 
so you walk into a space and it looks kind of pristine and then by the time you leave you've just sort of like wrecked it in this you know like fun and delightful way and then we always question whether or not like we're the bad guys (laughs) because we're going into some like (laughs) space and killing all the aliens um and then uh, i've been playing a lot of magic the gathering um as well so a big big fan of magic um big fan of uh games that have developed uh entire kind of ecosystems around them of people sort of talking about the strategy and working through the meta and it's like a whole another level of kind of competitive gameplay that um i'm very much attracted to and this, especially as somebody who doesn't like uh watch a lot of sports uh it's kind of fun to have like Esports like Magic the Gathering is my sort of esports place. Yeah, it's your sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's fun to kind of keep up with that. So those are the those yeah. Are the there games is so, right so we're not big. We're not big FPS guys. We're not big right. uh, platformers necessarily. Although there are a lot of really cool uh, Metroidvania games that came out recently. Hollow Knight is is one of my favorites. So it'll be interesting as we uh, plug through these games in the bundle, you know, if we find anything that really tickles our fancy. I think there's a very good chance. You bring up something like Outer Wilds, and um, I that's the one, right? Outer Wilds? Because there's two. There's other yeah. other yeah. something. Outer Worlds. There's like Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds and Outer, Outer Wilds. Yeah. So Outer, Outer Wilds is a perfect example. I, I wonder, like, I feel like that it was sort of specific kind of like respect for gaming and storytelling and new innovative things. That is like what's going on in games right now. And my hope is that there are those games buried in the, in this bundle or like the, the fragment of ideas buried that like could lead to a game like that buried in this bundle. And so as we start to play them and we uncover cool things, we'll see like fun little functions pop up here and there. I'm really excited about it. Do you, uh, what do you think we're going to play this week? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, we'll, we'll cue the sound effect right now. And I have a spreadsheet with all the games on it. I'm going to, I've randomized okay. them and I'm going to sort them by value and we'll play the first one that comes up and okay. I'll take a look and we'll see if it's a game that uh, can be played quickly or if it's, we need something a little more substantial. Um, so here we go. Um, okay the first game is somos description an abstract monochromatic action game from um sprawl no publisher the author is sprawl average play is a few minutes so maybe we'll add a second one in there cool um the second game that we'll play is uh, Rake, a Scots fantasy about anxiety. Oh, I boy. Giles, <laughs> anxiety, personal Scots story twine, and uh, we'll see that one too. All right, so those are our first two games. Um, cool. Let me, let's pop open Somos and just take a look at it really quickly. Oh, this looks interesting. It's, uh, it seems sort of like a, kind of a puzzle game an action arcade game with minimalist visuals where movement is key to solving procedurally generated living puzzles players switch their avatar between each side of the screen to avoid and or destroy procedurally generated obstacles 
I love it. Cool. I'm, I'm so excited. And then um, the second game, Rake. Let's see this one. Rake is a Scots fantasia about anxiety, featuring Kelpies, Lost Keys, mysteriously lit underground caverns, boring work, panic attacks, and red hair. A twine game <laughs> built in a platform for hypertext story games. Written in Scots oh. in the languages of Scotland. Go ahead. Twine is a twine is a, a software where you can create um, text-based adventure games and RPGs. Great. Well, we got one to play. Cool. I'm excited. All right. So we've got our first two games, and this was our first episode. Uh, we hope you will join us for the next bundle, buddies. It's going to be yeah. a bundle of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm excited I'm, I'm super stoked i can't wait to play these games um i really like talking about games and uh i you know i hope you, you all are, are around for the ride and are stoked to kind of jump down this rabbit hole with us yeah get ready for 26 years of the best time of your life <laughs> all right alex um this has been great all right eric yeah We'll uh, see you next week, folks. All right. Peace. Okay. That was the first episode. Thank you so much for listening and checking it out. What a, what a blast. I, I actually, I found out that I really, really enjoy talking about video games. I <laughs> have found myself talking about video games uh, with people who I never even expected to sort of like outside of this podcast now, like it is a pretty common conversation point and people just have shit to say about video games and we don't talk about them very much. So <laughs> I love it. So I promise as the podcast progresses, it, it won't just be two or three white guys talking about video games. We, yes. uh, it, it will change and grow um, as we go on. Uh, but for the most part, we just didn't want to waste anyone's time until we figured out what this podcast was. <laughs> so enjoy the next couple episodes where you find us fall in love with the concept of the podcast with our friends uh, before it expands greatly. And hey, if you're a gamer out there who uh, wants to be on this podcast, shoot us an email. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you're anyone, if you let us do it, you liked it, bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at bundle underscore buddies um and uh f follow us on itch.io uh, our username is bundle buddies um, yeah we'd love to hear from you donate to black lives matter we'll shout you out and uh eric any any parting thoughts uh well next week we have brian b and cardi on the podcast very excited about it he's a super good friend of ours very funny dude i uh, can't wait to see what he has to say about these games yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. episode so great that we forgot to give a shout out to uh, our intro musician uh, that is roll music the track is neo shiki 
Roll Music Nyoshiki is our intro song. Thank you so much, Roll Music. We'll give you the right shout-out next time in the proper episode. We love you. We love your music. Thanks. Bye.